Hello and welcome to the Fitness for Sport podcast by Athletic Strength UK. Athletic Strength UK is on a mission to stop people just working out and get people to start training. Whether you want to lift more, run further or become an athlete in your sport, you're in the right place. My name is Connor Stewart, head strength and conditioning coach and I'm here to help you achieve what you didn't think was possible. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Okay, hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Fitness for Sport podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. I'm very excited about today's guest. Not only is he a top coach, but I'm also very privileged to call him a good friend as well. We have JP Laurent. Laurent, excuse me, fuck that up. Head coach head junior coach of West London track and field and also uh, he's doing his own rapid running thing but I'll let him introduce himself so JP uh, thank you very much for joining us today mate. Uh, thank you Connor thank you for, for asking me to come on um, yeah so I suppose background uh, where I started uh, it would be educational really where I, I was a teacher for 14 years after doing a sports science and um, business management degree uh, teaching PE secondary PE and then at a sixth form college where I, where I met you yeah. Um, in terms of other experience, really, I've been I, when I look back at this, I've been coaching for 22 years: cricket, rugby, rugby league, athletics. I coach tennis. I coach football. So I think, sort of experience-wise, it's all it's all of that all encompassed into what I'm doing now. It's all really got me to the point where now that I'm just mainly coaching speed and athletics, it's uh, it's all it all comes together really. Brilliant. So out of all those 22 years of experience, have you got a particular favorite coaching experience that is that you sort of really hang on to? Uh, well, as I said to you a bit earlier, actually, it's at the moment, every week is I, I'm having new favorite experiences because I'm doing something new, uh, for, forced by lockdown. And um, I'm just trying to really, really hone in on speed coaching for team athletes, as in not just making you faster, how can I make you do so much more with your speed and have so much more control with it? So it is now, but I suppose over the years, um, coaching you guys at college, coaching college rugby teams, it's always fun when people are sort of chucked together for two years and you just yeah. see what you got. You can't do much really, but you can, you can have fun doing it. Right, exactly. I think right, that's the best part about it is a lot of fun. So. Uh, you you said before that lockdowns forced you to change a lot of things. Like how how have you managed to adapt? What have you been doing? Well, before before lockdown, I was I was coaching three athletes speed as well as my athletics coaching four times a week, which was the which was the core of my um of my income as my business. And then that completely just obviously stopped. So for for seven weeks, I did nothing. Uh, sat at home. Well, actually, to be fair, I did a few I did a few Elters course courses and did an exos course as well oh, brilliant. Uh, but after that it's just that like i wasn't doing any work i was so bored i didn't i didn't drive my car for six weeks i didn't put petrol in it was really weird um and then once we're allowed to meet one person outside i contacted my my my, my rugby player and my footballer and my and my um my athlete and started coaching them more and i just had more and more people as i've coached more people requesting for for speed training and one-to-ones and it's just been it's been really good and it's, it's it's in its infancy i definitely know that i'm going to learn so much more myself but i'm very very excited about where this can go 
Mate, that is awesome. I'm so pleased to hear that. And especially with the, with the uptake as well, that's been, that's been class. It's a, it's a testament to what you've been posting on social media. Certainly it's, it's all been brilliant stuff, as I said to you before. Um, in your opinion, why isn't speed training being done more of at sort of grassroots level? Why is it sort of taking, you know, people having to go and look out for it rather than, rather than it being done more consistently? Why do you uh, think that's happening? I'm going to take grassroots out of your question. Uh, okay. Why is it not? Why is it not done at most levels? So yeah. I, I I coach two Premiership ladies rugby players who have had access to SNC coaches throughout their throughout their playing careers from the age of 16. People with good qualifications um, have a theoretical understanding of it, but I watch them run and they have no idea how to run. So they're strong, they're fit, they're athletic. They do not know how to run. So I think it's I think it's understanding. I, I think it's, I mean, I, I've coached for many years without having a clue how to teach someone to run, you know, and I even coached athletics without particularly knowing great detail of how to make someone run better. So I think it's understanding and knowledge and it's very easy just to, and you, I know you've got some questions about gym as well, but I think it's very yeah. easy to go into the gym and lift heavier weights and get stronger, right. which would have some benefit, but actually it's a lot harder to go and watch someone and change a technique and an understanding. That's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a more difficult skill. Mm. Do you think that's purely because of the, the time it takes to acquire the sort of a good coaching eye for speed and to know what, to know what you're looking for? Practice. That's, that, that's what I found out doing it. It's doing for the last what five weeks now, doing it seven, eight hours a week. Practice. That, that's like anything really in life. You can get all the knowledge in the world. And if you don't know how to apply it or how to impart your knowledge to someone else, it's kind of stuck in your head and, that, yeah. and that's what i found out for myself that even my coaching two months ago i was doing things where i thought i was making a big difference but actually now i know a lot of those things are are kind of outdated already right so from so from sort of your experience and where, where you've come from what are what are the biggest misconceptions you see around training for speed what do you see that, that commonly goes wrong, that people spend too much time focusing on the wrong things, really? Uh, overall, I think it's just made too complex. Uh, yeah. And I, even, so even the Altus course I did, it was, it, it, that, that started my brain really thinking because they just, it's just a couple of ideas of the training. I thought, oh, I like that, but I think I can change it to, to go for rugby and football. And that's really sort of, sort of sparked it. But it's still a lot of it. If you, if you haven't, didn't have a background and you did the course, you're going to be struggling to really understand some of the sort of some of the, the language in that. Um, mm. But in terms of the two most, the worst uh, misconceptions that are still are still here: running on your toes and ninety degree arms. Just yeah, <laughs> just, it, it's astounding because if when you hear someone explain why you don't do that, it's so obvious, and there are still people. At a high level of sport, even the high level of athletics, coaching pocket to pocket, ninety degree arms, and running on your toes. And I'm not joking. Go on, you've got the the floor is yours. So why shouldn't we be doing these things then? What is it? So on your toes is obviously quite obvious. Yeah. As in, if you're on your toes, your 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 tendons aren't on on stretched. You're just gonna be absorbing all the ground. That's that's kind of simple. Um, and, and I think actually fair. That's that's the one that's not used as much anymore. But and even that. It's just saying dorsiflexion. I, I say it all the time. Or it, it doesn't actually work. You've really got to be, it takes a while to allow someone to understand what the fear is. I've got a girl now who runs on her heels. And 
my goodness, every session we've got a half of it on the heels now, half on the toes, and then sometimes in the middle. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just kinesthesis in this. You've got to get used to the feel of landing on the right place. And then when she does it fast, she goes, oh, actually, that felt like I was bouncing more. So, mm. um, so that one, but the, the arms one is, is, is probably the worst because it's, well, it looks, if you, if you, if you have a still capture of someone running, like you're saying, Bolt, you could make it look like he's doing 90 degrees. But if you watch it, the, the, the film actually running, it always extends further at the back. The extension of the elbow behind with the shoulder extended, um, always, always greater, always greater, because it means that you get the reflex of the shoulder, not just, if you, if you, if you hold 90 degrees, you're going to be stiff. And if you're stiff up top, you're not going to relax, you're not going to run fast. And it's the same with um, driving arms forward. So if you, if you drive your arms forward and hold 90 degrees, you will not run your fastest because you have to be stiff to maintain that position. And you're not, you're, your shoulders won't relax, your head will probably be tight, and you, you won't run your quickest. Yeah, I think I, I love that point you make about being relaxed because certainly when, as, as I've been gone through all my speed stuff and you're far past it now certainly that was the biggest thing for me was realizing that running fast isn't like a a really tight time under tension thing you've got to be relaxed in your body and you've got to let all of your body flow not just the lower body but you've got to have your upper body and lower body working together with each other right yeah and to me what i've really found is over the last probably six weeks is that one of the one of the biggest indicators of people not being relaxed is their is their face. If mm. you watch someone's face, and I often look at it first now if I first coach someone, look at their face, look at their mouth, and that often gets tight. That goes down to the shoulders, and they can't run. So you're looking at legs, and you're looking at arms, and you're trying to be clever. Try pull your shoulders back, and actually all you got to do is just relax your mouth, mm. and then often it makes a massive difference straight away. And I, I, I look at it a lot now. I look at the mouth first, especially girls. Girls really concentrate and they want to they want to take all your information in so they're thinking so hard that they can't just relax so you got to just keep reminding them i mean my, my best athlete is one who she plays premiership rugby and she um she she had her mouth was stiff for a long time it's only recently now she's doing all of it with control uh completely relaxed it looks like you know the old sprinting sprinting videos of the, her mouth actually like wobbles she's so relaxed it's so good to see amazing do you often do you often find that you will work on like one skill for quite a long time. And then as soon as that skill is sort of learned and perfected, you see quite a lot of improvement quite quickly after that. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, I think being a teacher where I know that learning doesn't always happen straight away. And sometimes you try and fix something in the classroom or, or, or coaching. And actually you, sometimes you just leave it alone. You, you, you give the information, you, they, they can try it. It doesn't work. Try it again. It doesn't work. Sometimes you got to leave it alone, do something else, and then come back to it, and then it'll t- and it happens. It's it's a weird thing learning. It's, it's one thing I hated about teaching observations that you someone comes and watches your lesson, they tell you in that hour if you taught them something. That's actually rubbish because if it's, whatever they tell you back in an hour is just regurgitating. Actually, what you want to see is the habits of the children in the classroom, like like good coaching coaches. You go watch what they do. You can see what the coach has done beforehand. That's the learning, but you can't you can't get something in an hour. And learn it off by heart. It, it can't go into your long-term memory. So yes, it takes it takes sometimes takes a while, um, often takes a while, um, and then to become consistent. That's the that's the last step. You know, be able to do it every time without me, without me cueing anything, doing the basics right. That's that's what this 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 young lady's doing at the moment. She's I can ask her to do warm-ups, and I, I know they'll be perfect. 
and then we just try and sort of change and I uh, bring crazy ideas and she, she, she tries it. <laughs> Brilliant. So in your experience, what are the three basic steps people can take to improve their sprinting ability and improve their speed? Yeah, it's quite, I, it's quite difficult this um, because it, it depends on the person, but I'd, I'd say number one, run fast, uh, go and run fast. And that, that, and that's just not like everyone I meet who coaches rugby and I was included in this thought that you just need to accelerate because that's the thing it looks like you do the most. But when you just accelerate, you don't actually get your body time to run at as fast as, so you don't really develop the, just the, the neural system, the pathways, all the things that you have to develop. You have to run fast to do that. So I wouldn't just run 10, 15 meters, definitely work on all three paths, acceleration, max velocity, and the endurance bit, work on all of them. And you'll, you'll see a difference, just running fast. And, and then I, I wrote down, relax, just find a spot. When you, when you first practice, keep your head still, find a spot in front of you. And imagine you're like, I don't know, like a zone, stare at that spot and just, just, just relax while you're running. But besides that, uh, skipping maybe, Yeah, I would say skipping forwards and backwards, running backwards as well. Get your body to do as many different movement patterns as they, they've not done before. And it's very different, difficult to sort of quantify it. But I've, I've, I've experimented with this a few times where I've not, I always do it in the warm up and I've not done it a few times on purpose and they definitely always run worse. So I can't give you the science behind it, but definitely, definitely, if they don't skip forwards or backwards at least a few times and run backwards, they definitely run worse. Yeah, I th- certainly when we did our speed session a while ago and we, we started off with the, with the skipping, I definitely, I think it's got something to do with the knee drive because it's certainly in that horizontal skip, you're getting a lot of knee drive and in that acceleration phase, you're getting the same thing. It's that, that forceful knee drive and certainly from what i'm sort of seeing you're really emphasizing skipping and i definitely think that that is that is a key factor in improving and going forward because of that because of that knee drive factor what do you think i i think it's rhythm right. the more i'm doing this the more i'm thinking it's rhythm uh, difference like check emphasis of words so not not like power those things to me it's more rhythm coordination balance relaxation those things to me and i'm more focusing on that with the skipping so i don't someone that might not do a skips but i don't i don't care about your ground contact or how hard you hit the ground i don't care about that it's more mm. about the movements and i add claps up and under and swing arms forwards and backwards just trying to really challenge the the coordination between the four limbs and the brain um and that uh, and it might be that it does other things as well, but for me, that that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I, I I I focus on with the skipping. Brilliant, brilliant. I like the I like the uh, ingenuity with the claps as well. That was that's a good yeah. one. So, but go, going with this theme of relaxation and coordination, do you then think lifting a lot of weights potentially is not a key factor in sprinting for speed, considering how much tension there has to be and how relatively little coordination there is in a lot of sort of weightlifting movements. Yeah, uh, I think it has its place for certain people, you know, so, but not, I don't think 95% of people, if, if you go to the gym first, you, you're doing the wrong thing. Go learn how to run first. And then once your mechanics are sound and your movement is good and you, you're efficient in your movement, then by getting more powerful and stronger, clearly it's going to have a benefit. But I often think it's done the wrong way around. And in fact, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's done the, the other way around where you go to the gym first because I can measure 
how much you're lifting, what you're squatting, whatever. Whereas when I'm getting you to run, and I, I don't, I don't time either. I don't like, I don't like metrics. So I mean, I, I coach a 400 meter runner, so I have to time it. But besides her, the, the other athletes, I don't, I look at more feel and how they feel. I can see, I can see if you're running faster. I can see if you're running better. Um, I think sometimes we get, well, I'm not working for a club who. Oh, want some some evidence so it's, it's easier for me but and i think if i was working for someone who wanted evidence I, you probably would have to put someone in a gym or something so you can say look at the proof but i i don't definitely definitely running is more important than the gym and then and then later on the, depending on the level the higher you are clearly you're looking for smaller smaller gains to give you that that, that tiny bit of extra um advantage really yeah yeah i agree i think the the skill that you practice most obviously is the one that one that gets learned and learned and improved so you've got to you've got to prioritize what you want to what you need to improve the most i guess and i guess this this next question is that we talked a little bit about this before already but what should people do in your opinion if they find themselves in a bit of a plateau they've been training for speed a long time they don't they don't feel like they're running any faster you know maybe they're videoing themselves and they're not seeing a lot of improvement what are what are a few tips that that you can give to get people over that line as it were so difficult um educate yourself yeah yeah and, and I'd, I'd point everyone to altis first and i'm a bit biased because at um west london i know you know but at west london we have ellie ellie cormus who founded the, the training group ex um, Commonwealth uh, Paul Volta, and she's the education director of Altis. So we've got a close link there. I've, I've met Dan Path at, at his wedding and a few other people. I'm really lucky to have done that. But, you know, having having done the courses and used the, used the information myself, and I encourage that as well. Don't just take out our, our, our drills or practices and go and just do them. Take them and use them for yourself and how you and, and how you want to adapt it. And uh, I've, I've, I've found, especially their, their experience as well, you know, you look at, Dan Path and what he's done and who he's coached, Stuart McMillan. These guys are they, they've got proof behind what they're what they're saying. So um, I would and, and the courses are quite accessible. They're not they're not they're not too scientific. So I would educate yourself first, definitely. But it's such a minefield, isn't it? Because you could look at you Google sprint training, you could find thousands of things, and half of them oh, are yeah. terrible. Yeah. So it's, so I'd, I'd find yeah find someone good to to follow, someone who's done something before to follow and and learn from them, and then and then practice it basically. Yeah, I I agree. I think the it's the short sprints course you're talking about from from Altis, right? And for anyone who is not familiar with Altis, they have they've coached multiple uh, Olympic medalists in over what forty sort of forty fifty years they've got experience in, right? And in yeah. not just in in sprinting in a whole load of a whole load of track and field events as well. So if you really are looking for quality speed information then 100% do the short sprints course as well I I agree with you I agree with you on that and I think um you've done the when we saw we sort of spoke off camera about this but you've done the exos course as well I, sh- I assume yeah. that was a speed module you did right yeah they, they gave out a free speed course at the beginning of lockdown as well um and it was very interesting because I did it just after uh, the Eltis one and very contrasting styles yeah um, I've got a lot of a lot of interesting information from there as well, um, but one one I'd say was like I don't know your experienced old school coach Altus, and then this was slick the Exos slick and really good presentation. The guy was really good doing it, but I 
I prefer the detail of the old style one. But for, for if if I was if I had not done anything before, the Exos one was really good too. Really, good. I found a couple of nuggets there that I didn't get from the Altus one. One of them about getting your shoulders work backwards. So I don't know if you, if you heard it where they say feed the ducks. So because most people struggle to just let the shoulder. They're talking about it at ninety degrees. Let yep. your shoulder really go behind you. Let it recoil by itself. And he was saying this guy was saying hold a tennis ball or something and just try and chuck it as far as you can behind you as you're running um, and feed the ducks behind you and that's been a really good good uh sort of uh, addition to my my coaching cues is that's quite a good thing for people to understand to really let their shoulder go yeah amazing so why do you why do you think there's that sort of difference between the altus and the and the exos courses because they're they're dealing with the same thing so why you know why such the such a difference because it's so complicated it's so yeah. complex and, and, and that's what I think is so important. Is that what is taking me a while to realize that you've got to look at all of them, look as much as you can, and then take out bits you get that you like and you understand and adapt it for yourself. And that's, I mean, I, I'm doing another another Altus course next week, which is the um, the virtual uh, coach yeah. mentors program, which I'm really excited about. And they got amazing presenters on that next week. I don't know if you're are you doing it. Uh, I'm not, unfortunately, no. Oh, it's got really good people on it. It's got the guy from, you watched Last Dance, did you? Yeah, Steve Kerr, yeah. He's on there as well. I love them too, his, his attitude. So I'm looking really <laughs> forward to that. And they've got Tommy Smith on there as well now, the, 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 the Black Power athlete. Oh, yeah. Really exciting. But it's, yeah, it's finding what suits you, really. You know, trust the people. I trust both those 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 enterprises. So, uh, and just finding whatever suits you best, really. Yeah, do you think... It just sort of come come to my head now. Do you think when coaching for speed, it's more about finding the right communication path with whoever you're coaching rather than what you're actually coaching? Does that make sense? That's a good, that's a really good point. Connor. That that is coaching full stop. Yeah, uh, it's coaching, and I've just read Eddie Jones' book, which I've loved. I, I read a lot of books, but Eddie Jones' book has been brilliant, and he wrote there a few times because he was a he was a uh, assistant principal. He's a teacher. And he keeps writing, coaching is teaching and teaching is coaching. And he's like, when I'm out in the park with my, with my tracksuit on, I want to be a teacher. I want to teach these players something. And mm. that's, what it, that, that's the skill I think that I'm really lucky to have gained from 14 years of teaching and a lot of years of coaching is being able to impart the knowledge. I, I, you know far more than me about the theory of strength and conditioning and sprinting and that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's being able to impart that, that I think I'm, I didn't realize when I was teaching, especially the last few years when I didn't like it, um, didn't realize I was practicing coaching basically all the time. Can you make someone understand something that is quite complicated? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think- Make it simple, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's a really good point. So next question, bit of a bit of a funny one, this one. Um, should everyone want to be like Usain Bolt or should everyone want to- you know, yeah. just be themselves. Be themselves. And this, this um, Stu McMillan wrote in the um, Short Sprints course talking about this. Don't, and the Australians, especially when, they, when, they, when Australians talk about cricket, isn't there? Because I, I love cricket as well. Um, they, they never try and change someone's technique to be perfect. Whereas in Britain, we like to say, this is the model technique. This is how you bowl. This is how you bat. This is how you should do everything. This is how you throw. Whereas in Australia, they kind of take what you've got and then they modify it to suit the model as best it suits you. And that's what Stu McMillan from Altus was saying about sprinters. You look at Andre de Grasse, and I don't know if you know, he is the um, Canadian, become third in the Olympics last one. Yeah. And yeah. Medalist. Um, his technique, if you look at it, it's not, you wouldn't think that was perfect, but it's, it's his technique, but he does the basics really well. 
the rest of it, they kind of just let it happen. So yeah, it's not everyone's run like you said, but he's a freak. So <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I think it's good. It's good for the listeners to know that you played England universities rugby and cricket, right? No, just cricket. Just cricket. Just cricket. Um, but also played played rugby at a high level and all of this. So very very well qualified in in many parts to talk about different things have you watched this is off topic have you watched the yeah. test on amazon brilliant amazing yeah love it i love justin langer yeah yeah i, I used to watch him when, when i was younger that was one of my one of my best batsmen because he's so tough and he's a he's a brilliant coach mm. there's another one that's really good it's mumbai indians on i think it's netflix have you seen okay. that one no different coaching style it's um jaya wardener who's an ex-sri lankan uh, batsman. yeah yeah um, brilliant. His coaching style is very different. He's very arm around, you know, because it's a high pressure environment. You're only there for, for like six weeks and there was all the money in the world was there for the IPL. And um, he's very, very good with the players. He doesn't see much technical coaching. It's just a lot of talking and arm around, little chats with someone. Brilliant. Real, really like soft touch coaching. Excellent. Ex- excellent series. Brilliant. Okay. Definitely. I'll definitely get that, get, get that one on the list. That's a, that's a good one. So bringing it sort of back to, back to topic after that little tangent, uh, what are some resources you'd recommend to people who are just starting out on their speed training journey? I know we've mentioned Altis, but is there anything else in particular or are you sort of, that is the, that would be the go-to for you? No, I, that's what I go to that. And then I, I mean, you asked about my favorite coaching experiences and actually it was, it's coaching in the last few weeks, but also it's been um, chatting on, on, our, on our group chats, myself and, and Ellie Cormus, so ex-Commonwealth um, athlete, Paul Volta, and then Laura Turner, who's an ex-Olympian for, for 100 meters. Mm-hmm. And um, we have, the three of us have a, a little sort of like strategic group for, um, for, the, for the company, for the coaching uh, uh, company. And um, we've been just chucking ideas between each other. And I feel like a fraud most of the time. These two people... <laughs> I've done so much and I didn't even do athletics really. I did like provincial hurdles, but just because I like running. But it's um it's just so interesting just to bounce off other people and to get their opinion and then ask them ask my opinion. It's um, you know, get, find someone, you know, they said I like, get mentors, find someone who's got a decent knowledge of it and then just just pick their brains really. Or find more than one person. That's probably the key thing. Don't someone just one person might have a slightly different view. Go find a few people that you trust who you know are good and ask them questions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree more than uh, as many perspectives and as many experiences as you can as possible is is definitely a benefit. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you about now, which which again has just sort of popped into my head, is we've we talked before about why speed isn't being done full stop at a team sport level, but where do you think sort of low level athletics is going wrong? And where do you think, um, you know, things need to improve from there? Where do you want to start? <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is a mess. The whole, the whole, if you just, every, everything in the news about athletics is, is negative. It's either drug taking or, um, or what's the, the, the guy got fired because he was a pedophile or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, or the, her husband got fired and she was in charge of it. All the um, Mo Farah stuff is just a mess. And all the money, I don't know if you know some of the stats of how much funding they get. We, athletes get so much money at the top level compared to the rest of the world. And you got, I did this, I did research on this and I was badgering Laura and Ellie about this. There's a guy who came, oh my God, he gets 35,000 pounds a year. He came 113th in the world two years ago and he got the top funding in the UK. You're like, I counted, like, this is how boring I am. I counted 30 Kenyans and 30 Ethiopians before him. 
There are 30 of each of those countries, and they will get not even a, a hundredth of what he gets. And he gets 35,000 pounds or whatever it is of the top funding, it's over 30. Yeah. He gets that funding. He's not going to win anything. Unless, unless you have mass exodus of bloody Kenyans, or, or it's just ridiculous. How do we give them so much money? And then at the grassroots, you got, and I'll, I'll be careful what I say, and that's why I told you to give me questions. Yeah, no, it's okay, go, go. It's, um, if you go look at the grassroots, the, the competition is terrible. It's not structured properly. Um, the coaching is, is volunteer-based. And it's, I mean, you might get a good coach, but a lot of it's really poor. They, they do a lot of early specialization in athletics. So you're told, I mean, my local club, at 11, you're told if you're an endurance athlete or a sprint athlete. Absolutely ridiculous. You have no idea how big they're going to be, what they're going to end up being like. You can't say at 11 you can only do one of these events. Stupid. And that's what's happening all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this so... Sorry, there's this lady I'm coaching, girl. This lady I'm coaching for um, 400 meters. She's so excited because I said, because she ran a few times and it was just like the introduction thing. She's a, she's a head of PE somewhere. Um, so it's getting more about like me coming to do something at school. And then I said to her, did you used to do athletics? Because you're really good. And she was like, well, yeah, I used to run 800 meters. And to me, it's like, you're a 400 meter runner. Absolutely. And she, was, she said, I wanted to do it. My coach said I wasn't allowed. Wow. Not allowed to don't like to do it because the coach was a middle distance runner. That's just, that, that's a normal story. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we talked about briefly the last dance and the tests, but, and, and you'll know, you'll know this from sort of your upbringing in South Africa, but you played what tennis, cricket, you, it, so many yeah. different, different sports growing up and you, you just did it for, for the fun of it rather than for times and for medals. Right. Well, therein is a big difference too, because I went to a normal state school and I played rugby in front of two and a half thousand people weekly when I played in the first team for three years. Uh, cricket wasn't that big crowd, but it was a big thing. You played in stadiums every now and then. Um, athletics, the, the events were huge. I mean, I didn't really train for it because I, I prefer to play cricket and they, they clashed over. Um, but in the big events, then I wanted to go run in front of lots of people. And this is just normal. This is a normal school environment. The, it was huge. You know, school sport is enormous and you get opportunities to do all these things at school and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Unfortunately, in state schools here, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it'd be... I mean, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to play, play in front of a couple of thousand people, even, you know, even at a sort of Sunday, Sunday league level, let alone, let alone a high school level. So that must be well, a... I don't know if I told you before, but when I came, I won't name the club, but I know you know the club because you, you're associated with it. When I played in the first team at this club level, it was, I hadn't played rugby for eight years when I went there. And my, I was quite worried because I, I hadn't trained or anything. And the intensity in the level was way below what I was playing at at 17. It was so easy. It was so soft. It was so slow. <laughs> you could be punched and smashed and abused. And I was like, it's like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very different. It's very different. There you go. That's that's South Africa v England World Rugby World Cup final. I <laughs> oh, yeah. you read Eddie Jones' book. He he does say a few things about English rugby and sport, but he's he okay. he really respects the the he, he loves the team. Honestly, like a good bunch of guys, and I I think they're going to do really well in the next four years. Really well. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed. I'll definitely. What's Eddie Jones's book? What's it? What's it called? I don't actually know what the name of it is. I've got, I've got it here. I've got it. Go <laughs> yeah? Go on, go on. Yeah, go on. We'll edit this bit out. Oh, very complicated. 
My Life and Rugby. My Life and Rugby. All right, yeah. Yeah, I see. So good. I've, I've highlighted loads of stuff in there. Cool. Let's start wrapping it up. I mean, where can people contact you if they have any particular questions or if they're in the London and Southeast area and are interested in getting some speed sessions? Uh, probably through Instagram, through the Rapid Running page, really. Is that what it's called, Connor? A page? It's your, yeah, yeah, it's your, it's your page. I'm 44 years old. <laughs> it is, I can confirm it is rapid running, yes. <laughs> no, I know the name of it, but is it called a page? I don't know what the bloody things are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's probably the easiest, or uh, I don't know, I don't want to say the whole email out, but you, we, we just I'll put it, I'll link it, I'll link it in the yeah. description. Yeah. yeah, and it can be, I, I, I'm interested in other sports as well. I'm, I'm really enjoying, because what, what I'm doing at the moment is I'm trying to, Trying to look at a sport, and I'm doing this with my rugby player, trying to look at a sport, look at a position, and think, where do you accelerate, and where do you accelerate to from what position? So mm. Instead of just making you faster, which is what most people do, which is good, but if I can think about, so we're looking at an eight and nine, an eight pickup, two to nine, because she plays nine, looking at that movement, and we did it yesterday, and it's actually, it's, it's, quite, it's quite different, because you've got to you've got to put the ball in, and then she's got to sort of have a slow sideways run, and then straighten up and accelerate. So actually the movements is very different to just running straight or even just running in a curve you actually have to do quite a few different movements so at the moment that's what i'm really trying to do is trying to find bits in sport i've got my footballer he's a right back so we play semi-pro we look at he's got he normally plays the ball into the midfield and then same very similar run actually it makes an arcing run arcing run around the outside of the um of the of the, of the, of the wing so that's what we're looking at doing that movement play it in be off balance then twist and turn around and then start your acceleration so it's uh, so the thing i'm looking at next is actual bits in the game linked to your position where do you accelerate and kind of like how far do you accelerate into and and that's it yeah brilliant so do you do video for that do you watch some video or do you, do you just talk I, talk with them so I, it's funny i asked her yesterday for video i've asked a video yesterday and because uh, she's moving back to, to to her old club so she hasn't got from last season but what i've what i've asked for is the for the coach to identify which types of moves they're going to play what are they going to play off eight what are they going to play if with nine or ten and we can look at those and i'll look what they did last year and um we'll look at the movements then and, and sometimes it's personal as well because this all came about because i asked her what, what, is there any time in a game when you feel like you can't accelerate and it was like quite a vague question and she actually went oh actually yeah when i get the ball in a lot of space seem to like just be be frozen whereas if i take if i pick and go it just happens where in space i kind of freeze a bit so we we've been working on that and that got me thinking about okay why don't we make it even more specific not just space what about actual situations where in a game you do this bit and then you move to here or here um, and I, i'm pretty sure i'm going to find a lot because i'm quite boring <laughs> no I'm, I'm actually really glad you said that because that completely passed me by that integration between just sprinting to get fast and then putting it into those game situations for team sports is critical to see that uh, all your training come out on the pitch isn't it and to know your you've got to know your position really well on your job really well to be able to do that right yeah yeah so what i wouldn't do with it with a with a 14 year old just learning to play it'd be too complicated i'd keep it more generic like if they're a center you know take it have a little pause as you catch the ball and then and then accelerate because that's what you have to do but i wouldn't be that specific mm. um but yeah i mean i've got something else that i, I i'm not quite finalized yet but i i think i've devised a method of training speed that Speed can be a, an actual skill, not just I run fast, I run slow. I think, and I'm working on a lot with my athletes, I think I've divided, or I'll tell you, I'll let you know later once I've, when I'm finalized. I don't want to say it yet, but right. I think I've got a, 
found a way that you can actually utilize your speed in a much better way, not just I go fast, I go slow. I think there's much more to it. I think there's a skill that no, I've, not, I've looked it up. I can't find anyone doing this. Um, so you can actually really control what speeds you're running at without changing your, your technique. And that I think this could be a huge skill to add to someone's game. Mate, that's brilliant. That's set up a part two quite nicely on that one. So when you've uh, when you got that down and had a bit of a practice, we'll go we'll go round two on this. And uh... you can have a session. I'll, I'll oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it's fun. I like like when I do it. Everything I do, I think, what would I like to have done as a player? And I'm like, that's really fun. Sometimes I get excited, even like introducing because I'm like, <laughs> I want to do this so badly. Yeah, you never get the itch to put your boots back on, do you? You see my knees and my ankles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. I think that is fantastic. We've we've been through a lot of stuff there, and it's all it's all been brilliant. So, um, rapid running is the Instagram page if you want to contact JP about anything, and I'll stick his email in the in the show notes so nobody has to try and listen to the <laughs> the long email address on here. But thank you very much for taking an hour or so out of your out of your day today for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've made my father's day. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I could have done that. So, uh, right, hold out yes. and wait for wait for part two on this. Cheers, JP. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this. If you like this episode, if you find that the information you got was useful and you would like to know more, then please click the link in the description or go to go.athleticstrengthuk.co.uk forward slash get and you can get your 10 essential home training tips that is going to allow you to get better training sessions at home in the garden in the park or wherever and as always follow us on instagram at athletic strength uk or on facebook on the same tag and i look forward to the next episode thanks very much stay safe stay well this is connor stewart signing out